Systemic racism and healing are the focus of the 25th Annual Festival of Faiths, which kicks off in Louisville Thursday. WFPL's Stephanie Wolf spoke with Louis Brogdon. He's a featured speaker and directs the Institute of Black Church Studies at the Baptist Seminary of Kentucky. Brogdon explained that this year's event is a response to the police killing of Breonna Taylor and the protests that came after. A warning, this piece includes the N-word and it's not censored. I think the Breonna Taylor situation was a microcosm of larger issues. We're really in a period of reckoning. So 2020, a lot has happened. Uh, Louisville was exposed uh, before the world. So one of the ways you produce change is, you know, challenging the way people think to help them to understand uh, the history. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, So we have decided for the next few years, the focus of the Festival of Faiths is going to address issues of systemic racism because we know you can't have a singular conversation and change anything. But we want to educate, 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 agitate, advocate, so that we end up with structural change. Uh, You know, policies, uh, programs, initiatives, and partnerships that address very, very specific issues. And how do you see the relationship or the interplay between race and religion in this country? Racism is really the product of religion, especially Christianity in America. It has played an integral role, whether it's been using passages out of scripture uh, to justify why blacks are enslaved, uh, cursed, etc. There have been churches who have turned a blind eye to the enslavement, uh, to lynching, to even today, mass incarceration, some of the issues we have with, with policing. So you have churches who are advocating, but you have a lot of churches and religious institutions and entities that are trained to look the other way. So it's our responsibility to sort of own our own history. The festival this year, it's really to addressing like spirituality as a tool toward healing, both historically and the present. But you bring up an interesting point, and that's that religion has also played this role where it can divide people or has divided people. So how are you, I guess, finding that balance between this idea of spirituality as a tool toward healing and then also looking at the wrongs that religion has played in individuals' lives? What we're doing is we are creating space for a sort of both and approach, Uh, a space for truth telling, space to be honest about uh, the pain, the trauma, uh, the nihilism, that's ensnaring the lives of, you know, thousands uh, of Americans. We're not gonna shy away from those hard conversations. But the faith tradition has has also been a great, great asset, whether it's resistance, whether it's healing, whether it's, you know, justice claims, which help us move towards some semblance of reconciliation. We're gonna do both of those things. We're gonna open up talking about revisiting the story of Emmett Till's uh, lynching in the 50s. A lot of people don't understand the importance of that incident in the freedom struggle. We often begin with Rosa Parks. But a few months earlier, a young boy from Chicago uh, was down in uh, Mississippi uh, visiting family and was in a store and uh, a young white woman reported uh, he had you know, whistled at her or made a wolf call, uh, which goes against you know, Jim Crow culture which years later she admitted she lied. 
Um, her husband and some of his friends, they did a lot of horrible things to his physical body. Uh, and when his body was returned to Chicago, uh, his body was in really, really bad shape. And so his mother, Mamie Till, uh, decided to have an open casket funeral. What a lot of people don't know is it, it was that situation uh, and the fact that the husband and all those people who were involved in his death, they got off. You know, there were no charges, not guilty. That there's a connection between that incident and the work that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and it affected Rosa Parks. Black people were just getting tired of nothing ever changing. Uh, and so Emmett's brutal, brutal death, you know, not that it needed to be that way, because it didn't, uh, but it served a greater good. And the name of the opening session is Keeping Emmett's Casket Open, because it was the decision of Emmett's mother to keep that casket open and to show the world this part of American life. And what happened with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, is just basically revisiting that same vicious cycle. America has just been exposed that racism is still a problem. What have faith traditions been doing with that? Well, there is complicity, but then there's also people who are doing work like Sheila Wise Rose on black trauma. I'm, I'm gonna be talking about um, how black faith traditions are wrestling with meaninglessness and nihilism and, and trying to help people to, to have a hope that's real uh, in the face of, of, of real hard struggles. And so we're not gonna minimize those things, uh, but we are gonna give space to talk about both the pain, but also the hope and the healing that we believe is our way forward. So then how can spirituality and faith be a tool toward healing from trauma caused by oppression? So the irony of being a part of the black Christian tradition is that some people in the black community believe you actually betraying black people. You have adopted the religion of your oppressors. Our response is no, we did not appropriate white Christianity. That actually the reason there's a black church today is because of a thing called slave religion. Enslaved Africans encountered God in the bushes on their own terms and found God to be a resource of hope who instilled a sense of somebodyness in them, that they were more than just slaves, that they were God's children, and that they will be able to work towards something better. Dr. King and many others were a part of the freedom struggle, that the world is misorganized and upside down but who we understand ourselves to be by, from our creator gives us a different point of orientation. So we're not criminals, we're not thugs, we're not niggers, we're not slaves, we're God's children. So how do you see it as a present day tool? You know, you mentioned what Louisville has gone through in the past year and a half. How is spirituality a way that can help people at the city heal? You know, one of my favorite books in the Bible is a small letter Paul wrote to Philemon. I wrote a dissertation and a book on it. And there's a concept in that book that's called koinonia. It's a Greek word that's often translated fellowship. It can also be translated as partnership. And religion is more than just praying and singing songs and silent meditation and thinking about God. It's really thinking about how God wants us to organize the world. So the model prayer says, you know, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So if we care about God, then we're also going to care about our neighbors, loving God and loving our neighbors. We all come at religion in a lot of different ways. Uh, one of our presenters is, uh, is part of the Islamic tradition. Uh, so we're, we're drawing on religion and we're partnering together in spite of our differences to work toward real, real change to, to, and, and to address some of these uh, real hard issues. And so religion as partnerships and fellowships, finding things we have in common, is one of those things that's going to help us to produce change. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been an honor.